Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. I'm still trying to get over this head cold a bit, and I've been, it's moved down into the chest, so I've been having some trouble this morning catching my breath. We'll see how this recording comes out. Uh, if, it's, uh, if it's not worth publishing, then I won't publish it, but I didn't want to pass up the opportunity to record today because I had a very beautiful intention in my inbox yesterday from James and I don't know that I can really do justice to the whole thing uh, except by reading the whole email which I can't do because I'm in the car so but I did want to bring everybody bring him to everybody's attention make sure that y'all are praying for him Uh, he is in need of some pretty serious direction and clarity I think it's really the core of of what uh, what he's asking God for and I want to pray on his behalf and also talk a little bit about well the kinds of expectations that God sets for us and those that we set for God and that's what I want to talk about today on the basis of, of what I received in the email and James if you are listening to this if I end up publishing this recording then know that I am going to respond to your email in length, at length rather. Uh, I have not had a chance to sit down and compose a response worthy of the email, and I wanted to make sure that you got my undivided attention. So I will be responding to it uh, with some thoughts and some reflections, um, as well as thank you for the kind words that you sent in. Uh, but uh, that may be maybe not until the weekend that you get a response. And that's true of anybody who writes in. I make an effort to respond to absolutely everyone who writes in to the show, uh, to the broadcast for any prayer intention or anything at all. It may sometimes take me a little while to get back to you. The fact that it takes a little while does not mean that I have not seen your email or that I have not, that I don't care. I do. Uh, and it's, uh, I like to take time and devote time, a great deal of time, to everyone who writes in. And in order to give you your fair shake, it may take me a little while to actually sit down and type things up. So don't be discouraged if you don't get uh, a response from me right away if you, when you uh, write an intention in. If you have an intention to write in, by the way, you can write those in to daily requests at protonmail.com. That's decade D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural, at protonmail.com. And I will be just delighted to read your intention, to respond to it, and to uh, mention you on the show here. Uh, today is uh, Wednesday, so we'll be praying in Latin. Uh, I want to pray for James... I want to pray for uh, clarity and for direction for him, uh, and uh, that God will show him clearly the path that it is his to to tread. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Cielis, sanctificator nomen tuo, adveniat regnum tuo, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in Cielo et in Terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimidi nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimidimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nostra malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, 
Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, Nunc et in hora mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri, Filio et Spiritui Sancto, Sicurerat principio et nunc et semper et secula seculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, vita dulcedo et spes nostre. Salve. Ate clamamus exulis filia evi, ate suspiramus, tevintes et flentes in hac lacrimarum. Vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, ilos tuas misericordes oculus ad nos converte. Et Jesum, beatum fructum ventris tui, nobis posto exilium ostende. O Clemens, O Pia, O Dulci Virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis, Sancta Dei Genetrix, ut digni officiamur permissionibus Christi. Oremus. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, May by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. 
through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Oh, St. Peter, leader of the apostles, patron of the sea of, of thy sea, the apostolic sea and the head of the holy church, hierarch of hierarchs. Thou walked a difficult and lonely path and faltered in thy apostleship under our Lord Jesus Christ. By thy intercession, much beloved as thou wert by our Lord, we ask that the Holy Ghost and Christ our Lord, God the Father, one God who knows all, sees all, is all, can do all, may grant clarity and direction to his servant James, who now is in so much need of that light which lighteneth all men that cometh into the world. Saint Peter, Christ said unto thee, I have prayed for thee that thy faith faileth not. Pray also that the faith of this servant of God James faileth not, and that with confidence, with faith, with hope, and above all, with charity, the love of God, he may go forward and do what God wills of him, and may make of himself an instrument of the Almighty in all things, great and mundane. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our God and Lord, who liveth and reigneth with God the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us in our little struggles, our great struggles, our daily struggles, our occasional struggles, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits, who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Sacratissimo Coriezum, miserere nobis. Sacratissimo Coriezum, miserere nobis. Sacratissimo Coriezum, adveniat regnum tuum. In nomine Pacis, Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. I hesitated a bit at invoking St. Peter because I was trying to choose the most appropriate saint for someone who needs help in discernment. And I can think of no one more appropriate at the end of the day than St. Peter. It also helps that today is also a feast day of a Pope's day, St. Pius V, uh, who, through tremendous faith uh, in God and in the Holy Rosary, uh, affected the defeat of the Turks at Lepanto through the use of the Holy Rosary. But uh, I had thought about Pius V, but he doesn't seem like the appropriate person. He's too doubtless. He's too confident. His faith is too strong. Peter was chosen by Christ 
to lead his apostles because of his simplicity of faith and his willingness once he was made to understand the nature of what Christ had come to do his willingness to go and do whatever Christ wanted him to do but Peter was not always at the place where he understood what was going on and he in fact in several places while Christ is uh, still here on earth and performing his ministrations under the under the world Peter gets it wrong very wrong in fact Peter is now I'm not just talking about the denial of Christ at the uh, at the uh, at the passion Peter sets a good example in opposition to Judas there Judas and Peter both betray Christ in a different way but Peter recognizes his weakness and his infirmity and seeks the strength of God in his repentance Judas does not Judas feels guilt and shame but he doesn't feel penitence Peter feels penitence first but that's not what I'm talking about it is Peter who recognizes above all the other uh, apostles who Christ is and on two occasions he says something to this effect For the first occasion he says that thou art Christ the son of the living God and on the second occasion he says if we if you were to leave us where should we go thou hast the words of eternal life and yet when confronted with the crucifixion Peter's reaction is repulsion revulsion rather and he says that this should not be the case and Christ as everyone is well aware turns to Peter and says get behind me Satan and this has been a point of it, it's, a, it's a point of good reflection because what Peter is rejecting is the crucifixion based on his human understanding of what Christ is and what Christ is supposed to be doing he understands that Christ is the Christ he understands he's the Messiah he understands that he is the Son of God he understands I, to a greater degree than perhaps anyone else in the Gospels aside from Christ himself he understands that Christ is God Peter understands all of these things and he's given a more explicit understanding at Pentecost excuse me he's given a more explicit understanding at Pentecost but he has this understanding implicit already because of the simplicity of his faith he is willing to do whatever is necessary he doesn't hesitate a moment when Christ calls him he goes this is a man with a wife this is a man with a family to take care of and without a second thought he leaves it all everything and follows Christ all around Judea trusting that God will take care of everything as regards his family and as we know uh, in the, Peter does return home on occasion because we know that he's in the house of his mother-in-law at one point and Christ heals her so that she can um, get up and uh, get food for them all so Peter checks in on his family but he leaves everything in their in in the hands of God his faith is in that regard is perfect and it's simple he has expectations of God but he ultimately spends most of his life most of his 
uh, apostleship, I should say, only concerned, solely concerned with what God expects of him. This is why he says, this is why he, he does not want Christ to wash his feet. It's why he says, afterwards, not just my feet, but my body also. Whatever it is that brings him closer to Christ, that's what Peter wants. He just doesn't understand all the time what that actually is. And yet, and again, uh, when uh, Christ tells him how he's going to die, he says a time will come where they will lead you whither thou goest not. Uh, and prior to that, you go where you want to go. Peter is of his own authority. He has a sort of inherent, innate authority about him. All of us have this within us to want to go where we want to go. We have expectations about what God wants of us. Even in our heart of hearts, when we want only what God wants of us, we nevertheless as human beings form expectations about what that actually is. And when we examine ourselves, it's very, very important that we pay attention to those instances where we begin to fancy or imagine what God wants of us. And be careful that this is not merely what we want God to want of us, that these are not expectations that we set for God. Of course, there are people out there that set expectations for God. God owes me this, God owes me that. There are people who are truly faithless and who really do think that way. There's not a whole lot of help for those people. They need to convert in their hearts. But those of us who want to love God, who want to be faithful to Him, and I'm among these, we're always looking for the way in which we're supposed to serve God. And in constantly looking for that, ourselves, going forth and trying to find it, we always run the risk of not finding it, but imagining that we have, and imagining what it is, and drawing our own conclusions without hearing God. One of the great uh, sort of short bits of wisdom that uh, Bishop Sheen always drove home several times, it's in his wartime prayer book, and it's in several other places, is that prayer must be both a, a giving to God and a receiving. The prayer that most ideally contacts God, that's not the right word, the, the prayer that brings us into communion, conversation with God in the purest way, is the prayer of Samuel, who, when God calls to him, first he assumes that it's Eli calling to him, and he goes to Eli, and he goes twice, and finally Eli discerns what's going on. And Samuel's prayer is, speak, Lord, thy servant is listening. And this is a prayer that we must not say only with our lips, but with our hearts, and etch it on to our hearts. Speak, Lord, thy servant is listening. 
our ears open to God in the silence of meditation so that we might truly hear him and if we hear only silence and sometimes we do only hear silence then it falls to us to examine what the most basic and simple things are that we can do to live a holy life and when we have sufficiently plowed the ground sufficiently watered it sufficiently turned the soil sufficiently prepared things then God will give us the seeds to plant for his harvest there's a passage in the imitation of Christ that says something similar to this where of course the point that's constantly driven home is we have not been promised tomorrow when we fall asleep at night neither have we been promised the evening when we awake in the morning and if we are given these things then we must take them as God offering us further opportunity for repentance a further possibility of preparation for what's coming for all the silence that we receive in response to our questions that we ask of God what do you want me to do speak Lord thy servant is listening when God is silent then what he is telling us is that there is time yet for us to prepare ourselves for what he will give us that he will not give us a task that we cannot complete and so he will not give us the task that is intended for us until we are prepared to complete it and that's a very difficult cross to bear it's a very very hard burden because we want something definitive but the reason why we want something definitive is because we want understanding it gives us a measure of control we know what we have to do we set ourselves to the task we do it this puts us in charge we like that but God will not give unto us the authority to do a task for in ourselves until he feels that we are prepared for that Christ did not bestow the real care for the church upon Peter until after his resurrection he tells Peter in the future I will build my church upon this rock just giving you a heads up be aware prepare yourself Peter still falls asleep in the garden he witnesses the transfiguration and he still denies Christ Peter wasn't ready yet and Christ prepares him after Christ is uh, has has been placed in the tomb and even after the resurrection he's he's uh, gone about Christ is not among them Peter says I'm going fishing he goes right back to what he knows because he's willing to wait and when he makes that decision Christ appears and it is then 
at that point that Christ says unto Peter, feed my sheep. It is at that point that Peter actually has the commission given to him, the special commission given to him, as the chief apostle and as the head of the church. Peter's role is hinted at prior to this. He's given, there's indications given of what's coming. But it is only at this point when Peter decides, all right, well, I'm willing to wait, and he goes back out to sea. It's at that point that Christ gives him his task. And so it falls to us to be patient with God, to set no expectations upon God, and to allow him to set all the expectations. And it is my prayer that all of us will have the vision and the clarity and the faith to go fishing while we wait for Christ to appear on the shore and assign us that vocation which he has especially chosen for each and every one of us to fulfill the goal that he had in mind when he fashioned us and placed us upon this earth that we might with every subsequent breath with everything that we think with everything we say or do glorify him and serve his purpose in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.